Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of coping with fiery trials. God will take us through many difficult times, ladies and gentlemen, that will seem impossible to be delivered from, but there is nothing impossible for God. You must remember that always. Sometimes God will deliver us from the trial. Sometimes God will deliver us by the trial. And then sometimes God will deliver us through the trial like Daniel. This is the one we don't like. But it's the one that makes us more like Christ than any other. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. As a captive, Daniel had served the Babylonians. And when the armies of the Medes and Persians defeated the Babylonians, Daniel humbly served them as well. And although Daniel was loyal to the kings of each, he was most loyal to God, even when threatened with getting thrown into the lion's den for praying. But in today's Simple Truth study of Daniel chapter 6, Pastor Xavier explains how God demonstrated how faithful he was to deliver Daniel in his hour of need. Let's listen. You have a Bible. Why don't you turn to Daniel chapter 6, please? Here we have the deliverance of Daniel. Darius, having received the kingdom of Babylon, quickly reorganized the kingdom, verse 1 and 2. He set over the kingdom 120 satraps. These would govern over the various provinces. There were many there, 120. Now, notice he then set supervising governors over the 120 governors. In verse 2, three governors, which indicate overseers, were appointed here. Daniel was appointed the head over the three, he being the third. So he would be over the two. Now look at verse 4 through 9. The collusion against Daniel was in motion now. In verse 4, the plan of the conspirators was to disqualify Daniel in some way. They saw Daniel as a rival. They attempted to find some opportunity of misconduct in his present position of prime minister. And they found out that Daniel was a real man of character. He was loyal. Listen to the words. But they could find no charge or fall because he was faithful man. Now notice in verse 5, the plan of the conspirators was revised to attack his faith in God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and they said thus to him, King Darius, all the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors, the advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree. All right, Darius says, Let's hear it. They said that whoever petitions any God or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions. Ooh, that sounds good, Darius says. That's good. They convinced him to sign the decree by appealing to his vanity of royal privilege. They complimented his ruling royal authority so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the means and the person which does not alter. Here's the clincher. This is where it's going to bite him. King Darius signed the written decree. Next comes the spiritual devotion of Daniel. In 10 and 11, the daily practice of Daniel was to pray to God. Notice. And in his upper room, with the windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. 
He praised for Jerusalem according to the provisions when they were taken captive under the prayer of Solomon, the dedication of the temple in 1 Kings 8:44 through 53. That when my people are in captivity, they turn to you and they pray for you, towards you, that you would forgive them as they repent. He was doing what he had been doing for about 70 years. Listen, 10. As was his custom since early days, Daniel prayed during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, evil Merodach, Nargizer, Labishi Marduk, Nabonidus, Belshazzar. Why would he not pray through the reign of Darius? Notice in 11, the relationship of Daniel was to obey God's word, not the earthly law or decree. The wicked, jealous politicians came upon their opportunity. Then these men assembled and found Daniel. Daniel was in hiding. Daniel did not stop praying for the 30 days. Nor did he pray in silence. He didn't say, well, I mean, I'll just keep it low, low key. I'll get my closet. No. He, he wasn't saying, well, I'll show these guys. He'd been doing this all along. Man of the word, man of prayer, man of the spirit. Look at 12 and 13. The deceitful uh, charges against Daniel were presented to the king. In 12, the men asked if in fact the king had ordered the decree. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They knew he had. And they went before the king. And they spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king confirmed that he did. The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. The men stated the accusations regarding Daniel then. Their disdain for Daniel is great. Don't miss it. They abhorred his faultlessness. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, their delight was to turn Darius against Daniel, poison him. Daniel does not respect you, king. He doesn't show due regards for you, O king. Daniel doesn't respect your authority or for the decree that you have signed. Daniel does not cease to seek his God, but makes his petition three times a day. The king's taking this in. A little upset. But all of a sudden it hits him. The king has a dilemma. A serious one. 14 and 15. He realized he was responsible for the accusations against Daniel. Darius grieved and was angry with himself. Listen. And the king when he heard these words was greatly displeased with himself. He knew he was being set up. He knew they were the real enemies. Darius attempted to find a loophole in the law tirelessly all day. He set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. He cared for Daniel. The evil men were arrogant to the king, seeing his reluctance to condemn Daniel. Listen to their words. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, No, no, O king. There is the law that meets in the Persians. You've been all day trying to get this guy off. Ah. The head of gold, Nebuchadnezzar, was an absolute ruler, as you know. Subject to no person, no law. 
the arms of and shoulders of silver here now, Medo-Persia, an inferior kingdom. The king is subject to loss. Notice the evil men tainted the king, but they also taunted the king, reminding him he could do nothing. Ooh, they're rubbing his nose in it. Listen to the words. That no decree or statute which the king establishes may change. Ooh. Now notice the decision of King Darius was heart-wrenching in verse 16 and 17. In 16, he ordered Daniel to the lions. Oh, this guy is just dying. Darius accompanied Daniel, knowing he was powerless to deliver him. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Dark, you can hear the roar. Daniel does not complain. This amazes me. He doesn't say a word. Daniel's lowered down into that dark pit. Darius knew that he was powerless, but Darius knew also that the God of Daniel was not powerless to deliver. Listen to his words. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Well, that's nice, but he's not going into the lion's den. He witnessed the only humanly possible escape for Daniel. Blocked. Verse 17. The stone would guarantee that Daniel could not get out. It says, then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. The seal guaranteed no one would tamper with the stone. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of the Lord's. You remember another stone that was rolled and sealed? Jesus. And the angel of the Lord rolled it away. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. The stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out, but to let the people in. The stone and seals was a warning to all wanting to go against the law of the Medes and the Persians that was unalterable. Martin Luther stood before the Catholic Church and says, Here I stand, I can do no other. My conscience is held captive to Scripture. What's your cry? Do you really believe that? Are you ready to go to jail for Jesus? Are you ready to die for Jesus? There was a time when we as Americans, like when I grew up in the 60s, would hear of nations who deprive people of praying and believing in God, would say back then, as they thought about communist China and Russia and all that, this will never happen in America. On June 25, 1962, 39 million students were forbidden to do what their predecessors had been doing since the founding of this nation, publicly calling upon the name of the Lord at the beginning of each school day. Prayer was removed from schools, public schools. In 2013, the year that we live in, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot mention the name of God or Jesus Christ in many places, certainly public forums, graduations, city events, or anything else. In fact, the ACLU has helped the atheists and agnostics to remove many of the things. If you take your Bible to work and you put it on your desk, you'll probably be told not to bring it. Many times they'll say it's against the law. It is not against the laws of yet. 
They're bully lost. But I do believe that legislation is coming very, very soon. We've already seen the militaries have been threatened to be court-martialed if they try to proselyte to Christ. That's our military. We are to obey government and the authorities as Christians. Romans 13, 1 through 4, 1 Peter 2, 13 and 14. It's God has put them there to punish evil, to secure good. But when we are told by governments, any government, that we cannot preach Christ, that we have to live immorally and embrace it, we do not obey. Listen to the apostles, Acts 4.19. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. Acts 5.29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. No one can stop me from praying or preaching. It will not happen. We're to pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5 8. Pray that we won't become anxious and lose the peace of God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 or 7. And so many things we talked about prayer. The spiritual devotion of Daniel was used to accuse him. Notice thirdly, 18 to 24, the celestial visitation to protect Daniel. In 18, the miserable night for Darius was a long one. He denied himself all forms of, of comfort here, revealing his incredible grief. Now the king went to his uh, palace and he spent the night fasting. No musicians were brought to him. Darius didn't eat, didn't listen to music. Obviously here we see that he's totally ignorant of what's going on, how God was caring for him. And many times we're concerned and God is working, but we don't know how. His mind and heart were remorseful. Also, his sleep went from him. Nebuchadnezzar was troubled because of his dream. And he could not sleep. Darius is troubled over Daniel. Because he was responsible for putting him there. There's a big difference. Darius probably went over and over in his head that night. Why didn't I see? Why can't I, can I be so stupid? I, how can I? You ever been there? The hopeful anticipation of Darius... Came at daybreak. In 19, he hurried to the den. The king arose early in the morning, very early in the morning, and went in haste to the den line. You can hear him, you can just see him running. Things were racing through his mind. He called out to Daniel, hopeless, don't miss this, in verse 20, hopeless. Listen to his words. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The word lamenting means pain with grief. Not expecting to hear a response. When he put a man in a lion's den overnight, he's dinner. He cried out, O king! The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Just with pain. And he acknowledged Daniel as a servant. Notice that. Of the living God in contrast to his dead gods. He acknowledged Daniel served his God continually. Through good, through bad times, no matter what. He asked if God had been able to deliver him from the lions. The delightful words of Daniel were music to the ears of Darius 21 and 22. In 21 he respected King Darius. Contrary to the false accusations... He honored him. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, 
He was loyal to him. Live forever. Now those wouldn't have been my words. I would have said, you tired sucker, why didn't you help me before? He responded to King Darius' question in 22. Daniel told Darius how God delivered him. He tells him exactly how he did it. Listen here. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, plural, so that they have not hurt me. You have to understand this description literal. The angels were sent by God to shut the mouths of the lion. One angel. Now you remember in the Old Testament, 185,000 frontline Assyrian troops were killed in one night by one angel. Angels are bad dudes. Daniel told Darius why God delivered him. Not only how, but why. Because I was found innocent before him. Before him, God. God knows all things. God knows the motive of the heart. I don't care what people think about me. Am I right with God? And when I'm not, I'm miserable. And I have to get right. Daniel told Darius he was falsely accused. And also a king. I have done no wrong before you. He claimed that he had not done any hurtful wickedness towards him. He claimed he was a faithful servant. The decisive words of Darius were obeyed immediately. He ordered Daniel to be lifted up out of the den of lions in 23. Darius gave the command, being overjoyed. Then the king was exceedingly glad for him, and he commanded they should take Daniel up out of the den. And Daniel came up without a scratch on him. Don't miss the details. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury, whatever, was found in him. Not a scratch. And Daniel gave the reason also for being delivered from the lions because he believed in his God. It wasn't the faith of Darius. It was just words. It was Daniel who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Hebrews 11.33. That's Daniel. Hall of Faith. He ordered the false accusers of Daniel to suffer the very fate they wanted to impose upon Daniel. 24. Listen. And the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions. The law of Moses ordered the same fate for false witnesses, by the way. The law of, of Moses in Deuteronomy 19, 16-20 stated that if you're a false witness, then they kill you. It was in the law of Moses. And they brought destruction also on their families, not only themselves. It says their children and their wives. People say, oh, this is horrible, the Bible. He's a pagan. That's doing this. It's only an accurate record of what he did. Not that God told him to do it. But also, the law of Moses prohibited family members to be punished for the sins of the father. In Deuteronomy 24, 16. You couldn't put the father to death for the children or the children for the parents. Simple. But, Joshua 7, 24 also shows us that when people were complicit, the family members, they would be put to death. You guys remember a, name, a guy named Achan that stole the Babylonian garment and the bars of gold? And his children and family were also put to death? Why? Because they were complicit to it. Simple. God is a God of justice. Now, it doesn't tell us whether they were complicit or not. If they weren't, this is a pagan king doing it, not Daniel. But the provisions were even the Mosaic law for justice. The miracle of God was verified 
by the outcome of Daniel's accusers. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. So much for the speculation that maybe the lions were old, they weren't hungry. Okay. The holy justice of God was displayed at the cross. Sin will not be tolerated by God. He killed his own son. All will be judged. You're judged in Christ or apart from Christ. One of the two. God will take us through many difficult times, ladies and gentlemen, that will seem impossible to be delivered from. But there is nothing impossible for God. You must remember that always. Sometimes God will deliver us from the trial. Sometimes God will deliver us by the trial. And then sometimes God will deliver us through the trial like Daniel. This is the one we don't like. But it's the one that makes us more like Christ than any other. When we get through, we would never say, Lord, I wish I wouldn't have gone through that. You're glad you gone through it. It made you more like Christ, less like you. God alone knows and chooses the way He's sovereign. He's all wise. He glorifies Himself. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For those who come to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God sometimes allows the believer to suffer martyrdom. And we need to understand this. John the Baptist, James was killed by the sword. Jesus was allowed to die in the most horrible death on the cross. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal way to glory. While we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporal, the things that are not seen are eternal. The older I get, the more becomes a reality this to me. 1 Peter 4.19 says, Therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful Creator. Do you believe this stuff? Or are you just looking for knowledge, information, so you can have Bible knowledge? God is the judge and vindicator over the wicked. No one gets away with anything. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul, Proverbs 18.7 says. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in doing this, you will keep coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, Romans 12.90-21. You cannot do that unless you're walking by faith in the Spirit, strengthened by God's Word. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, Hebrews 10.31. The celestial visitation to protect Daniel was used to get rid of them. (laughs) God's in control, ladies and gentlemen. We're right on schedule. I just hate the schedule. But we're right on schedule. The deliverance of Daniel from the lion's den has been laid out for us in this threefold scene. The political instigation against Daniel was to get rid of him. The spiritual devotion of Daniel was used to accuse him. And the celestial visitation to protect Daniel was used to get rid of them. Man, this chapter is just so... This is a huge diamond for your life and mine. Don't throw it away. Pastor Xavier Reese 
using the example of the prophet Daniel to once again illustrate how we serve a God that is truly faithful to the faithful. And today's study titled, Daniel Slept with the Lions, is available on CD upon request for just $4. And having your own copy allows you to review the study again at your own pace. Plus, it's a great way to pass on this message to a friend when you're through. Plus, everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together will be included as well. So once again, the title to ask for is, Daniel Slept with the Lions, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com